And we'll turn now to another story that's on our radar today. This one has to do with ShotSpotter. ShotSpotter is a public safety tech company, and it uses audio sensors to detect shootings and gunfire. Now, when sensors pick up a gunshot, it gets reported to law enforcement. And the city of Chicago has been using this technology for over six years. But ShotSpotter doesn't detect shootings 100% of the time. Just last year, CPD reported over 500 missed shootings to the company. Now, a new investigation from Southside Weekly digs into why this continues to be an issue and what it could mean for the future of that tech here in our city. So we're joined now in studio by the journalists behind the investigation. Jim Daly is an investigative journalist and senior editor at Southside Weekly. Welcome back, Jim. Thanks, Sasha. Good to see you. Good to see you. And Max Blaisdell is a fellow with the Invisible Institute and a staff writer for the Hyde Park Herald. Thanks so much for being here, Max. Thanks, Sasha, for having me. So I'll start with you. Tell us, where are the ShotSpotter sensors located? So these ShotSpotter sensors are located in 12 of the 22 police districts. Um, comprehensively, they cover about 117 square miles of the city. And there are literally thousands of these sensors blanketing the city, about 20 per square mile. So a, a good, a fair amount of them, uh, Jim. I mean, uh, and just so we're clear, th they aren't called shot spotter anymore right and no that's the name i just used but that's wasn't correct. there a change yes after uh brandon johnson was elected mayor the um shot spotter stock took a took a dive and lost about 25 percent of its value and the following week the company rebranded as sound thinking which it now is officially called um but colloquially it's still called shot spotter by just about everybody really uh, so where does chicago's shot spotter relationship begin jim so uh, contractually, it begins in 2018. There was a pilot program that predated that in a few districts. But in 2018, Rahm Emanuel signed a three-year contract with the company for $33 million total. And it's been extended every year since yeah. by subsequent mayors, um, with the exception of Brandon Johnson. And the next extension would be um, on February 16th. The mayor promised to cancel the contract, but he has not yet indicated whether he's actually going to follow through with that promise. So I would love to hear from you both on this, right? So fast forward, we're two ad two mayoral administrations later. As you said, we, we still have this contract with ShotSpotter that's set to uh, expire very soon. What was it that prompted the investigation around it, though? Let's hear from you first, Max. Yeah. So over the years, this technology has been extremely controversial in yeah. um, Chicago. There's been a major campaign um, to try and cancel the contract. And Mayor Johnson was kind of riding off that campaign when he made that promise to, to cancel the contract in the first place. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, there's also been a number of reports that have been put out, one by the Office of the Inspector General, which is a city watchdog agency, mm -hmm. um, that found that ShotSpotter was leading to um, deployments where police would conduct more um, essentially stop and frisk right. of people um, in a given area when they received shot spotter alerts. So they mm -hmm. were essentially using it as a justification to conduct these pat downs. What were you interested in learning about, Jim? Well, you know, I was very interested after I found out in November that the company's CEO had said in an earnings call to investors that there was a line item for gunshot, acoustic gunshot detection technology mm -hmm. to dig into um, how he may have come to that conclusion um, and look at what sorts of meetings the company executives may have had with the mayor's office or others in the city. 
Um, and then also we were just interested in seeing, you know, these the sensors are ubiquitous on the south side. And so around our newspaper office, you can see them all over the place. And so really? we were interested in kind of determining where they might be, um, you know, and we found that, for example, that they were on some prominent institutions like the DuSable Museum of African-American History, Operation Push, um, several University of Chicago buildings, and then on light poles and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So definitely interested in that. And then I mean, also... What does that tell you? I'm curious. When um, you see where it's located. I mean, I think it, it certainly communicates how ever-present this is in some communities. You know, in the districts where it's not, it's... It's not, you know, you don't see this everywhere, but in the districts where it is, it becomes where once you've seen a few of them, mm -hmm. you just start to see them all the time. Yeah. Um, and seeing them on, on buildings that, you know, especially a building like Operation Push, where the organization has um, a mandate for liberation, you know, and then it's tied up with this company a little bit. Push didn't talk to us about for the story. Um, but that sort of thing, it's just sort of, it really... Uh, it impacts your sense of surveillance in certain communities in mm -hmm. Chicago. Well, I mean, I'm interested in, in what you've learned about how this gunshot detection technology has missed shootings in the past, Max. So, so how many shootings did the sensors miss and, and why? Yeah. So it's more than 500 in 2023. That's a lot. Um, it is a lot. Um, but we found that it doesn't necessarily show ShotSpotter is not performing adequately with regards to its contract. So they are contractually obligated um, to detect 90% of gunshots um, within their covered coverage area, mm -hmm. which is the 12 of 22 police districts. Um, however, it is 500 in the past year, and we also found an additional 40 that happened in the month of December 2022. So it, what does that mean, that we're, we're missing that many because of simply the gaps in, in where these... Uh, these uh, sensors are located? I mean, there's various reasons. One, one thing that we uncovered in our investigation were internal emails that um, were exchanged between company executives after an executive at the Office of Public Safety Administration complained about a 55-round shooting that right. happened in 2022. In that particular instance, the executive's emails indicated that the reason for that miss was because sensors in the vicinity of that shooting were down, was one reason, that they were not functional. Mm. Another reason that they talked about was sensors where they were the, they were compromised by the ambient noise in the area. And that shooting in back of the yards that happened in 2022 that was yeah. missed was at a location directly across the street from the Stockyards Industrial Park, which has a lot of truck traffic and train traffic, and it's very loud. So the, these are reasons cited by executives in internal emails for these misses. Um, there may be other reasons why misses happen that have nothing to do with ambient noise or um, compromised sensors that we just don't know about. Um, the email data that we got from the police did not indicate the reasons for these misses, just that they occurred and the dates of when they occurred and in some instances where they occurred and, and whether they were tied to homicides or batteries. Can I add one thing? Absolutely. Um, so those internal company emails also showed that the company did not have an answer for an exact timeline in which they would repair those down sensors or if they could even install new ones. So those emails at least indicate that this company was having trouble um, getting its system back online. And then in the following year, you see there's an additional 500 misses. Mm -hmm. and, and going back to what you said a moment ago, Max, I mean, this technology, it sounds like it wasn't expected to be accurate 100% of the time. It's not. Um, again, the contractual obligation is 90%. The yeah. company, however, touts a much higher figure in its marketing materials 
they claim that it's 97% accurate, but that's actually based on a study that the company commissioned by this, um, this consulting group called Edgeworth Economics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based entirely on data that the company provided. So it was not an independent study. And the company has never allowed anyone to independently test its technology to verify how often it hits or misses gunshots. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit more about that December 2022 uh, shooting where, where the technology missed Max. Yeah. They so, call that a big miss. Yes. According yeah. to your, In the your emails, story. Yes. A senior VP with the company calls it a big miss. Yeah. Um, and talks about how he stepped into a buzzsaw with Dan Casey, who's the head of IT at the Office of Public Safety Administration, and essentially oversees and like oversees how ShotSpotter is functioning within Chicago. Um, essentially what happened was there was a shooting on December 12th, 2022 in back of the yards. Um, two men were getting lunch at a hero shop and someone opened fired at, at them mm-hmm. um, and fired over 55 times. Both men were hit, they were seriously injured, but they were fortunately able to drive themselves to a hospital. Mm-hmm. No fatalities. No in fatalities this. in this case. Um, However, ShotSpotter sensors actually picked up audio of this shooting, but failed to detect it as gunfire, even though it was 55 shots. Wow. Uh, what's the response from CBD about this? CPD won't talk about ShotSpotter um, on the record. They refer all questions about ShotSpotter to the Office of Public Safety Administration. Oh, what are they saying? Well, the Office of Public Safety Administration does not have a press officer, so they refer all questions to a spokesperson for the mayor's office who's answering on behalf of OPSA. And what Uh, does that spokesperson say? No one would directly address this miss. So it was just a circle. It just went around. Uh, And ShotSpotter is is just continuing to tout its reliability? Yes. um, We actually received a statement from them very recently in which they again reiterated the 97% accuracy rate. And they claimed that that even included Chicago. Mm. So is there any explanation as to how these shots were missed in the area? I mean, I understand there were several code violations. That had nothing to do with the miss. That was a a separate issue with the the company. Can you explain? So the code violations were other internal emails that we reviewed in which a Chicago electrical contractor who was working for ShotSpotter um, repeatedly emailed the company occasionally with photographs Mm -hmm. to say, this installation is an electrical code violation because in this instance we've um, spliced our wires into ComEd wires that have a higher voltage um, or other ways that it was installed that violated the electrical code. Um, We haven't confirmed that he was correct about that, but he was alerting managers about that. As a separate issue from that is the shooting that was missed. The executive said it was because there were sensors that were not working Mm -hmm. or because they were noise compromised. Um, And as Max said, then the issue was getting contractors out there to repair these sensors, which is was hard to do there's a few things that they have to do to get sensors repaired or installed they have to get a contractor Mm -hmm. they have to get um permission from building owners for sensors that are on buildings and at least one of these sensors that was down was on a building Um, and then they also occasionally get uh, police escorts from the cpd to accompany contractors when they're doing these installations Mm. we don't know we asked um there was no response about whether the cpd escorts are to are for security for the contractors or if it's to get building permissions but the 
Chicago police are accompanying contractors. We also didn't get answers about who pays for that. We don't know if ShotSpotter is paying for the cost mm. of that or if it's just part of you know normal business for Good CPD. Good question. Yeah. And zooming out for just a second here to make sure that we're all on the same page, what's the problem at hand here? I mean, what's at stake when shootings are missed? I think one of the things that ShotSpotter proponents talk a lot about is that um, – people don't call 911 enough for shootings and that ShotSpotter fills that gap by alerting police so that they can respond to shootings and potentially save lives. Mm -hmm. That's the, the main thing that people um, who are proponents of this technology argue. And there's a point to that. I think there's a good point to that. Um, however, when there's gaps in the backup to the gaps and there are shootings that are not being um, picked up by ShotSpotter, first responders aren't getting there, there's more of a delay. I mean, we can't say for sure, but it would seem to indicate that those delays can wind up costing lives or um, investigative time. You know, they, they, it certainly has an impact. Yeah. Um, it certainly has an impact. CPD Police Superintendent uh, Larry Snelling seems to be pro-technology, right? He talks mm -hmm. about how uh, this, among other uh, pieces of tech, are, you know, the, the number one way for the cops to, to solve crime. Who else are proponents of the technology? Well, the CEO of the company is the other one I was thinking of. Um, it, it, there, you know, the OPSA IT director is a fan of this kind of technology as well. Um, so I think you know a lot of law enforcement and law enforcement adjacent types are, are proponents of this technology. And uh, you know, opposition, right? One, one important person who was vocal about their opposition during their campaign thinking of Mayor Johnson, mm -hmm. of course. Uh, back in June, he extended the contract until February 16th of this year. So where does he actually stand, Max? Is that clear at this point? It's not clear at this point. And actually, via um, a Freedom of Information Act request that we sent to the city, we obtained emails showing that this, the mayor's office actually met with a senior vice president from the company mm -hmm. in November. And this was right before their earnings call in which the CEO of ShotSpotter mm -hmm. said that he thought there was a line item in the budget specifically for acoustic gunshot detection systems like ShotSpotter. So do you think this, this disconnection between Larry Snelling and, and Mayor Johnson that it might cause issues moving forward as, as we near the end of the contract? Certainly. I mean, so Mayor Johnson is, he, he's got two directions he could go with this, sort of. Um, he can cancel the contract or not. Obviously, um, Superintendent Snelling wants him to not cancel the contract, and Superintendent Snelling is his pick for to lead the department, um, and he's someone who the mayor has placed a great deal of faith in, um, and who has also got support of the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability as well. Mm -hmm. So his voice matters in this conversation. On the other hand, Johnson has to deal with his base, um, part of whom includes the activists who were... Um, organizing for, for canceling the contract, some of whom are currently advising his administration on the fifth floor of City Hall. Yeah. Um, and let's stay with that point, because mm -hmm. we, we've had the conversation on the show before about ShotSpotter and, and uh, have uh, talked about advocates who say this type of surveillance is harmful, mm -hmm. right? Let's make sure folks understand that. Why might it be harmful? Well, activists would point to the studies that Max talked about, mm -hmm. for example, um, that it is a surveillance technology that it sort of increases the overall policing of, of communities 
without increasing their safety necessarily. And that's a that's an open debate to the degree to which it does both of those things. Um, but also, there's also studies that have shown, for example, that in communities where ShotSpotter exists, in general, it has the impact where police respond more aggressively to calls, where they, they pull up sort of guns drawn, ready to jump out into a, a firefight that may or may not be happening. There was a recent COPA ruling that, that found, or COPA investigation, I'm sorry, that found that there was a shot spotter alert that brought people to the site of a, where a fireworks had been going off, mm-hmm. and they fired a shot at a man who was unarmed upon arrival. So incidents like that have to be weighed against its life-saving potential in communities that are, are plagued by gun violence. Um, and, and ultimately, that's, it's an open question. I'm not personally sure. Uh, what the resolution of that is. Right, right. You know. Well, before I let you both go, I mean, w- with the end of the, the contract coming up in just a couple weeks, what are you looking out for next? Max, you first. Well, I'm, I'm looking to see um, the, the direction Johnson charts for public safety in the city because he promised to transform the city's approach. Um, and so that would suggest that if this previous model that was established under Rahm Emanuel and Lightfoot was about surveillance rather than building community trust, maybe a different direction would mean actually uh, investing in the kinds of policing methods that are not based on, not premised on surveillance, but rather built upon like CPD officers Mm -hmm. meeting with residents and gathering intelligence on the ground. Jim, what about you? So I, I will be very interested to see how Johnson charts whatever compromise he makes, because he's going to have to either explain his decision to his base of activists or to the police and, and Superintendent Snelling. And so what that looks like if he keeps the contract, whether it is um, perhaps canceling this contract, but then issuing a request for proposals for new gunshot surveillance technology contracts with different vendors or with more stringent requirements, or canceling the contract, but then working to um, give the police other tools because they become reliant on ShotSpotter for responding to to gunshots and getting communities involved more, perhaps with like 911 calls or something like that, mm-hmm. to make sure that 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 response does not simply become a, a huge gap in, in our public safety infrastructure. Well, certainly an interesting investigation. Thank you so much, Jim Daly, investigative journalist and senior editor at the Southside Weekly, and Max Blaisdell, who's a fellow with the Invisible Institute and a staff writer for the Hyde Park Herald. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. <laughs>